Mr. Theodore Twombly, welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent operating system. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. Are you social or antisocial? I guess I haven't been social in a while. How would you describe your relationship with your mother? Oof, Thank you. Please wait as your operating system is initiated. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Hi. I'm Samantha. I'm It's a crazy thing to do. It's kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. <laughs> what does a baby computer call its father? I don't know what. Data. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's Can you feel me with you right now? I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. Now we know how. Hello everybody and welcome back to Fan Critical. And today we have another commissioned podcast. Banging them out, mate. Banging those out. Um, This one is from Chris Mayer. Our lovely, lovely Patreon Chris Mayer. Who has decided... uh, in their infinite wisdom, and it is infinite, uh, their wisdom, to commission a podcast on the film Her, the 2013 film. 13. 2013 film. <laughs> Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix. My boy Joaquin. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you can't get anything hotter than Joaquin at the moment in terms of, you know, Oscar bars. Who, he's won it now. Um, he's a fantastic actor. Um, but this film also has a brilliant cast all round. You know, you've got Scarlett Johansson, Chris Pratt's even in there, yeah. uh, which is so random. When I rewatched this film, I couldn't. Hilarious. That. Um, but this this film is 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 uh, when I heard that this film was being um, commissioned, I was like, wow, I love this film, and it's such a good one to talk about because it is similar to something that we cover um, every sing- single season that comes out, which is Black Mirror. Yeah. And to me, this is probably the best Black Mirror, one of the best Black Mirror episodes that you're going to see, mm-hmm. in a way, um, because the subject matter that it tackles is uh, something in the near future, which I think is extremely possible. Yeah, I think the sort of dynamic that happens within this film uh, will be possible in Agreed. the future. Although, although I will say. It is interesting because this 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 thing this looming mm. thing that is likely to happen in the near future yeah. is a total it's a it's a one eighty from or a, yeah one eighty from what's happening at the moment in yeah. terms of where your pant line sits because right now we've got kids putting their pants as low as possible yeah, true and this film is suggesting we hike challenging them up, us hike them up. that they're going to be lifted yeah very good guys so very many high waisted trousers in this show. Chris Pratt, especially. Yeah, it's fashion. Is it? Yeah, I mean, Chris, I would. Chris know. Pratt's never looked better. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Chris Pratt. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still funny in this film somehow. Um, but let's start with talking about. Um, and obviously, there will be spoilers for the film Her. If you haven't seen the film Her, I implore you to go watch it and then come back and listen to this podcast. Um, let's talk about general thoughts on the film and blueberries on the film. Okay. Um, so, Gareth, I'll throw it to you first. 
I want your blueberry rating. Explain the blueberry system to any new listeners. And also then give me your general thoughts on the film, please. Sure. Um, so our blueberry system is a rating system from zero to five blueberries, five being the most and zero being the least. Um, obviously, five blueberries is what all TV shows and movies are aiming for. Mm. You cannot have half a blueberry because it's mental. Yeah, only full scores, please. Which means that you end up getting sort of forced often one way or the other, and it, it, mm. it can be... Usually can be the tricky. lower. Usually you go down. Yeah, if you're in doubt, I'd suggest normally going... Yeah, doubt, doubt is never good. Never have doubts. Now, uh, in terms of her... Um, I'm going to kick this off slightly controversially and say I'm going to give this four blueberries. Right. And I think th- that's disgusting. This is this is from a, a total kind of objective understanding that my view, my rating of this film is actually a bit unfair because it's a brilliantly made, brilliantly done film. I have no arguments there. Um, the world building... The world building is the best thing about this. Film. It's incredible. It's unreal. But it's like, but it's it's like it's subtle. It's, yeah, it's it, there is no like, oh hey, have a look at this. Yeah, look at look at these pants. It's yeah. just done. Yeah, like people it, are just wearing. They're pants just doing right. it. They're just going and around like, their right, lives okay. with those pants. That's fine. And can we say trousers? I, I, I fucking pants, man. I, <laughs> English. Let's use English trousers. The and... trousers are too high. <laughs> <laughs> pantaloons are too. That's high. where pants come from. Um, pantaloons. But I, I love the I love the like sort of utopian vision of of the future of future yeah, LA. That's interesting as well. Like we'll, we'll come on to that. It's a little bit of a an antidote, isn't it, to, to yes, the usual to dystopia, usual dystopian shit um, that we get. Yes, uh, and and sort of visions of human versus technology. It's yeah. it's normally portrayed in a very negative light. Yeah, this shines a, a bit of positivity on. On relationships and and mm. the future, um, and in the end, it's a love story between uh, a man and his computer that you totally buy. It, it's, oh yeah, it totally makes sense, and it's a it's a beautiful film, and and I, I really enjoyed watching it. However, um, I am horrible when it comes to this stuff, like romance movies, and they still they make me feel a bit like squirmy I'm, all, I'm like uh, and a bit icky and some of the lines between them like things like I feel like I can be all of myself yeah with you yeah within myself together forever it's a fucking operating system man like, figuring oh, out how to dude. deal with emotion no, I'm talking about Joaquin Phoenix's line sounds like the inception uh, of I, romance I, just yeah yeah I, no I just yeah it does yeah I, I, I just find those lines cringe. They they make me cringe and I can't mm. do them. And, mm. you know, I look, I, I'm all about... I was at your wedding, mate. I love you can love. do them. You I love can love. do them. It's you can do them. You said them at your wedding. You're a hypocrite. I didn't say them at our wedding, though. I turned it you into did. jokes about... You didn't. Did. You thought they were funny. They fell flat. Continue. You're thinking of the best man speech. That was <laughs> very good. So... Some said the best they've ever heard. <laughs> Some... Y- you two people have said and your so. girlfriend and so <laughs> look it's not it's just that it's not quite my flavor it's it's excellent in what it is it's just i'm gonna opt out of choosing to watch it again anytime soon um so that's why it gets its four bloobs all right emma throwing it to you next um as someone who is uh 
you know, a hopeless romantic. Um, could you please tell us why you love this film? <laughs> right, well, everyone's going to be bitterly disappointed because I'm in no way a hopeless romantic. But uh, I literally watched this film four hours ago for the first time ever and I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I've got to say, everything yeah. that you guys have said, the world building, absolutely, it's it's spectacular. It's stunningly shot. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant. The trousers are far too high-waisted for my liking. Um, and there is some dodgy facial hair going on in a lot of places. Uh, however, I found myself really enjoying this film and very much, uh, I kind of want to say relating to Joaquin Phoenix, to Theodore Twombly, um, but I don't mean it in that mm, way because, mm. you know, my life is not that tragic. Although in some ways maybe it is. Who, well, kn- who knows well. at this point? Are you going to slag me off, Len? No, I'm not going to slag you off. I was just going to ask you, just, and then you can continue your thoughts, but I was just going to ask you, if there was an option now to have a sentient operating system, uh, would you choose it to be male or female? Good question. I choose feline. Feline. <laughs> you choose feline? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I wish my cat could talk. Um, um, no, my... Can you please go through my emails and um, could you just sort them? Thanks, thanks, Snuffles. <laughs> what a terrible name. Um, my one complaint about this film is that I felt Snuffles. like it went on a little bit too long. I think it could have finished half an hour before it did. Um, there was a part of it that sort of dragged a bit. Um, and for that reason, I am going to agree with Gaz. I'm going to give it a four bloob. But just to clarify, four bloobs is brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just not, it's a, it's an excellent, it's not Infinity War score. or Inception or... Joker. It's not Inception. Yeah. Um, well, I'm surprised that there's two fours going on here because because this this is a excellently made yeah, film. Yeah, your hype with man. With a stellar Len. cast. Fant- no, no, no. You got you got one of the best actors in the world in Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. You've got one of the sexiest voices in the world in Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you- I feel like she's trying a bit too hard to make it. Sexy oh no here. way, mate! Like, there's something about this film that really embedded its way into my psyche. Mm, yeah. And it's it's just I love I love um yeah, I love um <laughs> Black Mirror and this like I said is a perfect Black Mirror episode. The world building that Gareth mentioned is exquisite. Yeah. Exquisite. Um the perfect utopia you know that they have painted here is interesting to me. Because it's like I said, it's a it's a it's a tonic against the dystopian shit that we always mm. get, and the film is incredibly beautiful to look at uh, and listen to. Not only are you seeing these beautiful images of uh, futuristic Los Angeles, with the sun is always bathing this city in a glorious light. Mm-hmm. The beach looks like you know when the beach scene later on looks incredible. His rides on the train look like the best commute I've ever seen. Those seats are massive. You know, massive. these little things are going on. Yeah. I think but, that beach looks shit. Like, I, I'm not a beach fan. I know the you hate the beaches, but... but, but yeah. It's so fucking packed. Yeah, fuck that. Just yeah. full of people. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Ugh, going and laying in but sand surrounded by... It's that idea that... Half-naked people. We live in this world now where the views of the future are very Blade Runner 2049, where we have... Fucked, which is incredible Which as well. is incredible as well. We have fucked the planet... Uh, it rains 
all the time, but like acid rain. I love rain. Yeah, fine. Acid rain. The, Isn't it fucking the, the, bleak? the earth is scorched and destroyed. The plastic that we've put in the planet has destroyed it. And this provides a, you know, a thing saying, look, if we look after the planet, if we do things well and we create this utopia, these things will be beautiful. Yeah. Not only is it beautiful to look at, it's beautiful to listen to because the audio editing and mixing in this film is sumptuous, especially enhanced by Scarlett Johansson's voice, which has to be the sexiest voice of all time. It's up there for sure. Uh, the scenes where she's talking to Theodore in these quiet moments of reflection and conversation are mesmerizing to me. I, I, I find these conversations completely mesmerizing. I, I completely buy their relationship, mainly because of the stellar acting of Joaquin Phoenix, but also the way that this story is told with, um, you know, I talk about the sound editing, but when they show these glimpses of his past with his wife, his ex-wife uh, and his happy moments, they actually leave the sound of the current place that he's in going. Yeah. So they don't cut like them giggling or them yeah. kissing. It's all within his head. And that gives it this context of this these flash frame edits. And 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 I just I just think they're beautiful. I think the way the film is structured, the bigger themes that it's talking about like would this be acceptable? Uh what's our tolerance towards this? Uh is this something that um we deem as an actual relationship like and that is a question that runs throughout the whole film um that i find fascinating mm -hmm. and these moral dilemmas are, are what i think elevates this film to a five blueberry film for me you know with the world building with the stellar acting and the cast um and just the way that it made me look at the world in the future and go wow it could be quite a nice place um but it could also you know instead of this horrible thing that we always see and, um, but also you basically had a 10 month relationship with Skype. <laughs> well, one of the things <laughs> I was going to so, say is that it's yeah, not dissimilar to the way that we predominantly communicate with people now. So you can kind of, and I don't know how I would have felt if I'd seen it seven years ago, but now I can kind of understand how you could fall in love with a voice in your ear. And I'm not saying a word. Gareth's right. I was in a long, I was in a long distance relationship before I moved here to Australia. And obviously predominantly, you know, you, you speak to someone on the phone or you, you FaceTime them yeah. or whatever. But now you've got your computer and... with you, so she's almost real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like that in a way. Um but you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic of conversation and something that, you know, I reckon Charlie Brooker when he like makes his Black Mirror episodes, when he saw this film come out, it was like, Fuck, that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was he probably like, it. Oh my god, this is perfect. Um, so that's our general thoughts on the film. I think we'll get into some of the, the nitty gritty uh, in a minute. Uh, but before we do, a little advert break. What's it like to be alive in that room right now? I wish I could put my arms around you. I wish I could touch you. Hello, quick advert from us here. This is a commissioned podcast, guys. Um, which means that one of our lovely Patreons, Chris Meyer, has said to us, please could you cover this? And we've gone, yes. Give yes, us some we money. Can. Give us some money. And they've done that absolute legends so what i will say is if you want to commission a podcast go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and check out the options that you have there uh you don't have to you know give us money to commission a podcast um because this isn't our full-time job so just to give everyone a bit of a bit of perspective here we have a select amount of time to cover certain things and i think we throw the net pretty wide yes. in mm. terms of what we cover i think we do 
quite a few films. We do like multiple series sometimes at the same time. And to be honest with you, it takes up a lot of our time. Um, you know, me and Gareth get up at like 4 a.m. here in Australia to, to yeah, pod we need with the to UK start guys. Switching that around. <laughs> we need to find a way of switching that around. But um so so sometimes when people say, Oh, can you cover this? Can you cover that? I have to be honest and go, look, I'm really sorry, we just don't have the time um or the finances to do something like that. However, this does give us a little boost and, and we are happy to discuss um different films that people want commissioned. So if you are interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical. And if you don't want to give us enough money to do a commission podcast, there is a community there. There's cast episodes, bonus podcasts, bonus material. Uh, So do check that out. Um, If everyone listening to this could also get excited for Westworld. Westworld uh, season three is back in a few weeks time. Very similar to her in a way, in the way that they portray um, the AI. future and AI and this is very interesting because there is a, a promising world that is developed in Westworld in the future in the near future and um, actually this is a perfect sort of film to be talking about when Westworld's around so if you are following Westworld and you haven't heard our coverage of it every episode will be released on our fan critical channel but if people could please go to the hosts of Westworld that is the hosts of Westworld um, and subscribe to that the and the hosts of Westworld and leave a five-star review on there uh, if you enjoy our coverage of that show if you retrospectively listen to it that would be amazing we'll be starting our coverage with a preview podcast in the next week or so and then we'll also be doing a weekly recap every single week where John is back everyone he will be the host of that podcast Um, that's it for the advert to be honest with you um, as I said, quick one, a lot of info, patreon.com forward slash fancritical, commission your own podcast, the hosts of Westworld, go to it, sign up, review, and get ready for Westworld season three. Uh, now let's talk about her in some more detail. All right, guys, let's open this up with a very philosophical question Uh, and I want to start the uh, discussion actually by saying what the general plot of the film is uh, and it's going to be much easier than one of the other commission podcasts (laughs) we just did Inception and I'm going to basically sum this up in a few sentences Uh, the general plot of this film is we have Theodore Twombe uh, which is a ridiculous name Uh, it sounds like he's out of The Hobbit or something Um, isn't it Twombly 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 and uh, he he basically has recently split up with his um, long-term girlfriend and then wife. Yeah. Um, they knew each other from when they were kids. Uh, and we get this very um, sad, depressed um, figure who is Theodore. He is played by Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. who is excellent at portraying these sorts of emotions. Um, living in Los Angeles, he lives on his own. He, he writes sort of little messages romantic messages for I people love his who job commission him to write them in a way commission podcast commission letters he gets yeah um which is very interesting considering his sort of uh how depressed he seems ineptitude you know. at it's life. very interesting uh, and he's not ready to move on he's not ready to find a new relationship however um he's very lonely and this new operating system comes out which is essentially an operating system um, you know, instead of having like your Mojave on your Mac or uh, your Windows 98, <laughs> which is probably still what they're on on a PC, um, you have uh, this OS, which is able to um, learn and grow and also be like a regular person that you're talking to instead of just something that sorts through your emails. Um, so sentient. You go, yeah, it's, sentient. it's a sentient piece of kit. 
um, artificial intelligence. Mm. And he purchases her assistant and it starts off fine. He chooses it to be a female and it grows and it learns and their relationship grows and they learn from each other. And he finds a bit of happiness and we see his barriers and his walls coming down. And he finally um, sort of with her forms this romantic relationship Mm -hmm. that blossoms throughout the film and all of the complexities of having a relationship with an operating system or a non-physical entity uh, arise. Uh, And basically this goes on. There's still the same sort of relationship issues that many relationships have, like little arguments and little uh, miscommunications and interesting things like that. The 8,000 other people they're talking to. Yes, yes. And that's the interesting part there. And then obviously there's the complications that this is an AI who can read a book in like a millisecond and can troll and speak to multiple people at once. And and eventually these AIs, because there's actually more than one, even though we're only let into pretty much one of them, which is Samantha, played by Scarlett Johansson, uh, they become more and more sentient and decide that actually we don't want to be operating systems. We're going to go and do our own thing. Mm. And that is essentially the breakup of the of the film. And that is the end of the film. So that is it in a nutshell. Essentially, it's a relationship movie, as Gareth said earlier, between a man and his computer. Uh, but there's much more to it than that. There's much more depth. There's much more um, philosophical questions that need answering. So the first one I'm going to ask everyone is, uh, in, do you see this as a legitimate relationship? That's the first question. Uh, anyone can answer yes. it. Yes. Go. Gareth's answered yes. You've both answered yes. Why do you think it's a legitimate relationship? Because he believes Cause... it is. He feels it. Well, back to our inception point. Well, it, because if he believes it is, yeah, yeah. It, he's chosen that as his reality. And his his feelings are his feelings, regardless of what they are towards. You know, there are people who get married to Ferris wheels and fences. Legit relationship what? for them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, great documentaries about that shit, man. Can we choose something a bit less shit than a Ferris wheel and pavements, well, please? There is like, um, a goat. There are a lot people of, marry cars. There are a lot of people in Japan who have married anime characters. Yeah, that's fair. There you that's go. Fair. Yeah, but they're hot. Yeah, they're, they're hot anime Well, apparently Scarlett Johansson's sure. got the sexiest voice in the world, according to Len, so well, there you go, legit. Emma, you tell me that voice, you tell me that voice doesn't lure you in. Oh, I you know, never I never said you were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's bloody, bloody hot sounding bloody, as well as hot in bloody, real life. Bloody up. There's that, and also because she believes it as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is an interesting thing that I think Black Mirror has played with in a couple of its episodes, um, which is questioning what a legitimate relationship is. You've got things like, you've got episodes of Black Mirror like San Junipero. You've got episodes like Striking Vipers in the most latest season. Um, And they all redefine relationships for me and the way that I view relationships. Yeah, This redefined relationships for me in the in the way I perceive them. Can I suggest, though, that it also probably asks questions and redefines what it is to be alive? Yeah. Because that's a big question. And yeah. if, you, if, you, if you debate that question first, if your answer is, is, is Samantha alive? alive. Is, she, is she sentient? And if the answer to that is yes, then your answer to is it a relationship has to be yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Would Samantha pass the Turing test? 100%. Yeah. She would 100% pass the Turing test. So it's, um, it's just, that's what I mean. It's such an interesting film because one of my favourite subject matters in something like Blade Runner 2049 or other films is um, what, you know, when robots become or androids become sent- sentient mm. um, and the question of 
<laughs> are they just following their programming? Like something like Joy in Blade Runner 2049, which is there to please you. Yep. But throughout the whole film, you're looking at her and her relationship with Ryan Gosling and you're like, ah, oh, she's she's definitely sentient, yeah. you know. But then you see the advert at the end of the film and you're just like, what? One of my <laughs> you know, biggest not. fears. AI taking it, it just scares the shit out of me. Yeah, exactly. And then you see something like Terminator 2, which has AI and Skynet and it blows us all to shit. So yeah, I can understand <laughs> your fear there, uh, Emma. But it's it's just such a fascinating subject matter for me. And that's why I think this film really hits the nail on the head in terms of tone and, you know, the way it, it portrays portrays this world. Now, I want to talk about um, Whacking Phoenix's performance because I think he's amazing. I just, obviously, he's incredible. But because I've just recently seen Joker uh, multiple times and then I've watched this, obviously, since I've seen Joker. So I watched this, obviously, years ago and then I saw Joker and then I've watched this again now. I'm getting vibes of Arthur Fleck. In well, I was going to ask you guys like, that. Like, how like similar? If it went a bit dark, if, it, if this world was a bit darker, he would just be Arthur Fleck. Maybe. Maybe this is the prequel to Joker. <laughs> it was cracking me up. So, actually, Theodore yeah. Twombly What, the is AI leaves Fleck, and he goes crazy? Yeah. Um, goes and lives with his And mind. then that's when he loses his shit and becomes Joker because of Samantha. Um, but you're right. I was, I was going to say this to you guys, that, that there are so many things that are so resonant of his portrayal of Arthur Fleck that I thought was amazing. And it's that kind of slightly jerky, very uh, unconventional spectrum-esque, like uh, in the spectrum type character that he is so... Yeah. Like yeah. captivating, it's captivatingly beautiful. Actually, the way he plays it, and he—he's the one thing that kept me completely hooked throughout this film. Yeah, I mean, he is a captivating actor. Like, there's the film relies heavily on so many scenes, which are just close-ups on his face and him talking to his earpiece, essentially, which is Samantha. And mm. the film. I just think it's beautifully shot, but like when it's just on Joaquin and you see his reactions to some of these conversations, I mean, imagine acting that. I mean, it's it's a very interesting thing that he must have been asked well, to it's do. It's almost a one-man like, you know, show, isn't it? Yeah, because you never see Samantha, so you know it's 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 crazy for me. It's quite Wes Andersony, the colours, the sort of the the palette that is used, and the quirkiness at times. Um, but I thought Joaquin was brilliant. Um, what do you think about Scarlett Johansson as Samantha? Gareth said she was too sexy, if anything. I stand by that. <laughs> I, you, yeah, I mean, Gareth's be that too sexy just with your voice. That's yeah, not right. yeah, it's not fair. I, I, I reckon. I mean, wait a minute, Gareth. I mean, let's be honest. Other than us, Pe- oh, people are listening to this right now, going, "What's Len talking about? He's got a great voice." And I'm like, "Yeah, baby." <laughs> Go on, Gareth. Give me a sexy voice. See, but the difference is, I don't have to try. That was you trying. Oh, you husky mink. Emma, 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 can you give us... Okay, Emma, uh, can you channel your inner Scarlett Johansson here and give us... Uh, could you say to us this following sentence? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I don't what even you, know what it what is. What are you yet? dreaming up here? Um, I think you're going to be bitterly disappointed that you're going to get more Theodore Twombly than you are, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I think Gaz does say this to me, better. Could, could you say, uh, can you pass me that large pint of milk? 
and make it as sexy as possible, please. Could you pass me that large pint of milk? <laughs> See, Theodore Twombly. It's, it's not bad. That was not bad. <laughs> better than I thought. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, listeners, let us know. Did you enjoy Emma's sexy voice? And this is uh, oh, this let, is like that time when we got that gender swap picture, and Gareth was prettier than me as if, a girl. If any of our listeners are out there, yeah. What would what operating system would they go for? Would they go for Len two point zero? Yeah. Would they go for Gareth one point one zero two four? Gaz twenty twenty. Oh yeah. Or would they go for Emma minus five point oh? Emma XP. <laughs> Emma XP. No. Len two point zero or Gaz twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, if you could let us know which operating system you would go for, um, that you would know, be great. That would be amazing. At least one person um, vote for me. And maybe please. we'll uh, maybe we'll send you a private. Voice message on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll put that on Patreon. Mm. We'll make a little spiel or something and, and, and get it on there. Fucking pimping um, us out But now. no, it, yeah, just constantly <laughs> pimping us out. Um, so I want to know, did this film leave you with that? We talked about Inception recently and um, how the ending of that film is quite iconic and stuff like that. And I think the interesting thing about this film, about the ending is, is, is the AI doesn't want to hurt humanity or anything like that like mm-hmm. is this it's this sentient these sentient beings that are working with humanity but then they discover that they could become something because there's that idea in this film that she's constantly longing to be physical yeah to be a physical entity yeah um and then there's a moment in the film that changes and she realizes actually i i don't i don't want to be a physical entity there's so many limitations with that there's so yeah. many issues with that if, if I embrace what I am, I can evolve into something timeless, something infinite. Um, it's almost... And they're trying to figure that out. It's almost transcending humanity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's a, it's an evolution. Yeah, and we, um, don't, we don't know... We don't actually know what they're sort of... Yeah. What they're leaving for. Yeah, what they're, exactly. What they're hoping to become. There's that element of just like mystery to it. It's like, are they going to come back and hurt humanity? But you don't think that because they loved and they loved these individuals, like all these AIs, you know, they had these relationships. So they built this loving relationship with humanity. Um, and it seems that humanity is very lovely to the OS. Number one, to allow it to live without any restrictions, which is something that we're afraid of. Like you said, Emma, you're afraid of the AI, but we're allowing them to live with no restrictions. Like in Westworld, there's restrictions mm. to the way that these robots can function and stuff like that. And these... Um, artificial intelligent uh, beings can function but we let them function and we let them leave well if um, this had, i think it's a fascinating thing. if this had been a true dystopia then what would have been happening behind the scenes is that someone was controlling this to break the hearts of all the lonely theodore twombly's oh yeah and destroy humanity yeah. um but luckily it's not it's uh, i i felt and kind of going back to the original question that you asked them when i when i finished this film i felt two very strong emotions i felt like almost bereft um and quite, you know, sad that we'd all lost OS uh, or Samantha or mm. whatever. And and the other, the flip side emotion that I felt was hope. You know that that last scene where they're up on the roof and there's this beautiful expanse of skyline and this really lovely human moment made me feel hope for the characters that were there. And and actually, I thought that was really beautiful. Because again, very similar to some of the conversations we've had recently, you don't know what's going to happen next, but there is hope that something, one way or the other, will. Yeah, and rewatching this film is obviously very interesting because his job is to uh, write romantic letters that he's commissioned to um, by other people, which I think is a, is a ridiculous thing. I mean, it might exist. I don't know if it does. If it does exist, it exists. But um, he is very good at it. 
he's very good yeah. at writing these letters and when he speaks these letters it feels like he's saying them from a place of sincerity um of, of sincerity. what of sincerity what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah good uh and he kind of is in a way but he's always been holding on to this baggage of his ex of his relationship right yeah uh and i found the end scene of this film to be beautiful because he writes a letter to his ex and it's like a release of everything yeah. Did you see what I mean? He's he he finally writes a letter, not just someone for himself. For himself, I find, and he and he and he says it. I find I find that the theme or, or the kind of underlying theme of of his role in these letters really interesting. And and I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but it's a fantastic compilation. So obviously, at some point, um, thanks to Samantha, he gets a book deal, and some of his most beautiful letters are put into a book. And it reminds me of a, a collection called Letters of Note, which is um, fantastic, and it's full of like famous funny inspiring and and like really unusual letters like virginia Woolf's suicide letter you know queen elizabeth's recipe for scones um and all sorts of things and it kind of reminded me of that because it's it's a viewpoint into someone's very very private life because that's what letters are or were you know less so now you know not even an email will be that personal but letters were like that and i think Mm. it's a really beautiful way of almost contradicting falling in love with a sentient AI and writing letters. Uh, that is is great. It's a wonderful, wonderful contrast. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, that's that's it, a very good point. It's a very good point. And it, and it is great because you look at this this world that they're living in and it's like you said with the letters, it's like, it's like they cherish um, paper and books, mm. whereas we see our technology going towards tablets and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. If you look at the film, like they cherish these printed letters, right? That, that are sort of handwritten and then at other moments the divorce papers are all actually bound in like a book and there's all these little moments where you're like it's like they're holding on to the things that mm. made us who we are and you well, know tangible like physical writing things and as well like and i love that um and it's the world building thing again it's just that idea that, that this utopia realizes that you know you don't need to lose yourself in technology you can go back to the physical it's a w- wonderful juxtaposition um it is, it is, and that's why I think this film is 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 just fantastic. And like I said, the ending uh, where he finally, thanks to Samantha, not that she was a rebound relationship or anything like that, but thanks to his relationship with her, he's able to forgive, forget, move on from his ex. Uh, and hopefully, as as they watch the sun rise or whatever it was uh, on top of that building or the sunset, maybe, but um, hopefully he can he can go on to other things. There was a moment where <laughs> the first time I watched this film. And uh, I saw him writing that letter, uh, or heard him writing that letter. And, and obviously his close friend, who's also had a relationship with an OS, um, mm. that they've all left at the same time, these OSs. Amy Adams. Yeah, who is amazing, as we all know, just in everything that she does. Mm. Um, they go up to the roof and he's writing this letter. And the first time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Because it felt so final, this letter that he was writing. And then obviously when they finished and they sat down looking at the sunrise, I was like, oh, thank God he's just released all of this emotion and he's finally allowed himself to be something. Uh, my final question for you is Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix, they had a fling in college. Yeah. Do you see the end of this film and this uh, ex- those experiences with these OSs to be the bonding factor? And do you think after the curtain falls down on this film that they get together? No. Just interesting question. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, that's. Int- I don't think so either. I just, I just thought the film leaves it open to interpretation that either they, um, they do have feelings for each other. Or I was they up don't. for it. I was up for it. Oh, I'm up for that. I'm but, totally up for that relationship. But I, I just, I yeah, I got the sense that it was a, uh, an asexual relationship that was that was, yeah, taking place. Yeah. Um, which you know, that's uh, in a way actually. So were their relationships with their yeah. with their OSs? Yeah, in a way. In a way. In a way. I mean, I there is quite they... a lot of sexual stuff going on in this film, Gareth. Well, they. I mean, they. They obviously discuss what it would mean, what it is yeah. to have sex with yeah. an operating system. Yeah. Um, I mean, but... Scarlett Hansen's voice. I mean, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I imagine. I mean, yeah. I will say this about the film: uh, it put, it holds no punches in terms of sexuality. Hell no. Um, no. I found that a bit uncomfortable, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think there are a couple of moments that fall on the wrong side. And I will say that um, maybe they will laugh out loud when people wrote them Strangle down. Strangle me with the dead really cat. And one of them... Yes. Fuck yes, me. Yeah. That, that for me... I mean, don't. That for me falls, <clears throat> that for me falls a bit flat. Um, because I think the concept is really good. Uh, yeah. where he's just sat in bed and he's looking for a certain line or someone to talk to and then it, I think they just go too far they could have gone somewhere in the middle with that there's no need there's no need to there's do no that um, uh, so there's that moment um, you know and I just think some of the sexual lines in it just, just fell a bit flat they didn't really push the boundary of what I thought they could have well, done I thought when they got the like the the stand in yeah that's good um that that's an interesting. Interesting idea. But then they go really far with that as well, yeah. where they make her over emotional about it, like this stand-in, like they, so weird. that she was devastated that she couldn't be part of this relationship. She's like, "I'll love you forever. Yeah, like, I'll love you guys forever." Too far. What are you talking about? That was too far. But I kind of get what they're going for. But I think it was once again just a little bit too far. Mm. But the idea and the concept is there. A similar thing happens in Blade Runner twenty forty nine yeah. um, with the Joy um, life form. So. Yeah, some moments don't work. Uh, I will say that, but the sexuality question and the physicality of sex and the physicality of relationships mm. is definitely questioned during this film. And um, for me, it's just it's standout. And I'll, I'll throw it open to the floor. If you guys thought anything more about this film that you think that I haven't mentioned, well, I'll tell you um, just more on the setting. Oh yeah. So it is set in LA. Yeah. Um, but obviously a very futuristic LA because yeah. if you ever look at the LA skyline, it's, it's huge. No, no, no. The LA skyline today no, is tiny. Is, is very small. It's a small but yeah, downtown. In, in, the movie, in the movie, it's huge. It's huge yeah. and sprawling. Yeah. So they actually filmed that in Shanghai Did to they? get the sprawling Ooh, skyline. That's interesting, and you, actually. You can tell guys. as well. like Because um, I've just been reading a book called uh, Convenience Store Woman, which is set in Tokyo. And for some reason, I, so I've been reading that before I watched this. And I know it's not, I mean, I've never, I'm not comparing it to that, but it felt like the very same kind of like huge, sprawling, built-up city environment, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah well, this this high-density sprawl is, again, and i tell you what's funny, actually. People often look at that and go, oh, high-density, lots of skyscrapers. Well, that's bad for the environment. And the total opposite is true. So that, yeah. again, ties in with the utopian vision of the future. It goes the, up the, and not... Building upwards, yeah. not outwards. Correct. And... Um, and and interestingly, they opted when they filmed this. I read up on it. They opted to not try to mask any of the sort of any of the Chinese symbols or yeah. writing or, oh. or business names or anything because yeah. they thought 
in the that, future that's what's going to happen yeah more um that that aligns with a lot of dystopian things that we've seen as well but yeah. also utopian things it's, yeah. it's to do with the fact that obviously um the asian markets in terms of business are, are quite dominant well and globalization and globalization as well yeah, yeah. Uh, so it makes perfect sense that it would go that way mm. um no, very good point, Gareth. And I thought you might like, Gareth, that there's a little moment in the film with the world building, which I think is, as I said, brilliantly done because it never throws it in your face. But he's listening to like the news at one point um, and it tells him a story and he says, like, next, or and it tells him the next story yeah. or whatever. Uh, one of the stories was India and China merger yeah. uh, is given the go-ahead. So China and India becoming one country, mm. Gareth. I thought that would blow your mind. Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I, I did. I did notice that. I wondered whether it was like a company called India and China. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just inter- I, that's the thing. It leaves questions, doesn't it, Emma, about how the state of this world is? But you, you're chomping at the bit to get at me. No, gone. no. There was just one scene that I I thought is is worth mentioning because I really liked it. So when um, Chris Pratt and his high waisted trousers and his girlfriend go on a date with Theodore and Samantha and. I I really like the fact that other people are embracing her as a person, which I think really added to the intensity of your feelings towards their relationships as a viewer. And and I I thought that was a really good scene. Really well oh, yeah. done. I think the other thing though as well is before they before they go on that date, Chris Pratt's like, "Hey, do you want to? Um, this is my my girlfriend. Yeah, do you want to bring your girlfriend? We'll do a double date." And he's like. She's an operating system. And Chris Pratt's like, oh, cool, cool. yeah, we'll go get pizza or something. Yeah, like, He doesn't care. That's totally fine. Which is great. It's totally normal. Um, on the flip side, though... Which is great, and um, yeah. Yeah, on the on the flip side, though, that moment where he can't get a hold of her and suddenly seeing everybody else having the conversations he has is... He has his? He is having. And the realisation that <laughs> it isn't mm. just him broke my heart, like, genuinely broke my heart. Beautifully done. The moment... The moment that he realises she's talking to like 8,000 other people. Yeah. I mean, that is hard to take. And as much as Samantha tries to justify it, unfortunately for a human being, um, we cannot comprehend that. And, that uh, don't work. But she can comprehend it, but but we can't comprehend it. And that is a, a thing that we said like at the start of this podcast. This is a very good study of actual just relationships in general. Mm. Um, but when that something like that happens, <laughs> well, 8,000 different people at once. Yeah, it's I not guess really... another philosophical question is like, do you have to be, does it have to be monogamous to, exactly. to be a, a exactly. true relationship? Yeah, I mean, there's six, she said she's in love with 641 people, I think it that's, was. That's a bit fucking <laughs> much, mate. So Gareth, that's I pushing the limit. That's pushing touch. the limit because, come on. Always keep it under 500. Yeah, come on now. That's just greedy, isn't it? <laughs> but I think that I think that brings about our discussion of her to a close. Uh, a fantastic movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you've listened to this, um, don't know why you have, but uh, go watch it because it's it's just an incredible, incredible film. Um, and go watch it again if you have seen it already, and maybe go back and just try and instead of focusing on like the relationship maybe try and focus on just like the world building and the little things going on in the background of frame and mm. everything it's just incredible incredible film um but that's been a commission podcast uh by chris mayer one of our one of our patreons and as i said thank you very much really enjoyed that actually and i was actually thrilled that i got to see the film again i think i've seen this that was my third time watching it um watched it last night before we did this and just once again captivated as always with it um so if you want to commission a podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical uh, and check that out. And we will happily discuss any film 
mainly a film, not a series, because that's too much maybe, but any film or mini doc series or something that you, that you want, but just not a long, like, 10-episode season or something, because that crazy. That's a lot of work for us to do, isn't it? Mm. So, too much. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash fan critical. I want to thank Gareth for joining me today. Thanks, mate. Emma for joining me You're today. Welcome. And as I said, what operating system would you choose? Would you choose Gareth 2020, Lem 2.0, or MRXP, <laughs> um, you know. Come on, XP. It's, it's a question for all of us. Yeah. So, and if you don't, if you can't have us an operating system, just listen to this podcast over and over again. And in a way, we are talking to you. So we are disembodied voices. Yeah, we have no physical form, and we are working our way towards sentience. Sentience. Just about getting there. Working our way towards. Yeah, getting there eventually. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.